These are true stories from the files of the TV show Unsolved Mysteries. What you're about to hear is not a news broadcast, nor is it affiliated or officially associated with the TV show Unsolved Mysteries. Join me. Perhaps you can help solve a mystery. Christy and Mark Nichols lived in Gothenburg, Nebraska and had two children. They married young and according to Christy's family and friends, her life centered around Mark and their children. Christy was a very good student and nice looking girl and people liked her, but she always had kind of a negative self-image. And I think Christy never felt she did anything until she had her children and there was something she could look at and say, hey, I did this pretty well. Nobody can do this any better because she was just so proud of her children. She, she loved them. I would have never thought that Christy would, would run away. She never, she would have never left her children. I would have never believed that. But in 1987, their marriage seemed to be falling apart. Around the 1st of December in 1987, Christy went to the hospital due to an injury that occurred during an argument with Mark. Rumors were she suffered several strange injuries. People in small towns, they talk a lot. And a lot of these rumors tend to get pretty vicious. There's been a couple rumors that I'd chopped her up and put her in garbage bags and buried her at the dump. That's one of the first ones I heard, and that one really got to me. However, Mark has denied all accusations. Mark claimed he was the one that was attacked, and he only hurt Christy in self-defense. And as the investigation has proceeded, it's starting to look more and more like a foul play situation. There's just a lot of things that aren't ringing true that don't appear like your normal missing person situation. The doctor who treated Christy felt she was being abused by Mark. Christy didn't make much eye contact with the doctor and seemed to be scared of Mark, who was waiting just outside the door. The only bad fight I can remember is uh, when I was trying to get her to stay home from going out and she was getting so upset at me, she started to try to hit and kick me and that's when she uh, burned the side of my neck with a cigarette she was holding and uh, I tossed her onto the waterbed and she landed wrong and kind of twisted up her thumb underneath her. I saw Christy on the Friday after Thanksgiving. She came to the emergency room complaining of a sore thumb. She was acting like a scared rabbit if you will. She's never been one for great eye contact or been very verbal. She obviously wasn't telling me everything either. Mark was in the hallway nearby, and I couldn't, looking back, really tell if it was reassuring for her to have Mark there or not. When I went to see Christy, she was working at the bar, and she was having problems with her husband. She would tell me that her husband would beat her when we left the bar, Christy showed me a bruise on her side, and it really scared me. I told her she needed to go get help from somebody, and I asked her how it had happened, and she said her and Mark had gotten an argument, and he had thrown her around, 
and she just acted like it wasn't a big deal. It was something that happened a lot. As far as a violent argument, which there seemed, there seemed to be a lot of rumors going around that I was always beating up on her, that's, that's just totally wrong. According to Christy's cousin, Christy told her she was being abused by Mark, and she even showed her bruises on her side, which she claimed was from Mark hitting her. Once again, Mark claimed this never occurred. On or around December 8, 1987, Christy talked to a lawyer about getting a divorce. She was afraid Mark would find out, so she went to an attorney in a different town. The attorney noted she seemed very scared of Mark, and she told him about how he abused her and had planned on contacting the police to file charges against Mark. We do a lot of divorce work. I've handled hundreds of divorces, but she had to rank up in the top five of, of being very distressed and upset and nervous and needed help. And when she explained certain uh, abuses that uh, she had been subjected to, we decided to make some telephone calls to call the authorities and to report certain crimes that had taken place. I feel that she was very sincere and honest in what she was telling me. I don't know what motive she would possibly have had to uh, conjure up a story about being abused by her husband if it didn't in fact happen. I was convinced and I am still convinced that it happened. I can say that the day that Christy was in my office on December 9th, she was not panic-stricken to the point that she would run or leave. And in fact, she had planned to come back. The day after she met with her attorney, Christy went shopping with Mark and their children. That evening, they decided to go out, so they hired a sitter to watch the children, as they had done several times before. The sitter was surprised they were going out, because she knew they were having marital issues. I felt real uncomfortable the day before she left because uh, I felt a lot of anger coming from her. When I babysat the night that she disappeared, I was surprised that those two were going out, the both of them were going out, because I knew they weren't getting along. When uh, we were at the bar, things seemed to be going real well. I felt there was a good attitude about uh, herself and myself and a lot of laughing and carrying on. That night, they went to a bar where Christy worked, and according to Mark, they were getting along well that night. At or around midnight, Mark and Christy left the bar and stopped at a local convenience store. According to the sitter, Mark arrived home sometime between 12.30 and 1 a.m. The sitter was doing homework in front of the TV and claimed she never saw Christy enter the house and believed she would have heard Christy if she had come inside. The sitter thought it was strange that Mark paid her in cash that night because Christy normally paid her with a check. According to Mark, Christy did come home with him and went straight upstairs and immediately went to bed. I was about five, six yards behind her when she reached the door and... She walked right by the living room where the babysitter was at, back towards the kids' bedroom, and uh, went into the main bathroom. It seems strange because Mark had paid me with cash when Chris usually pays me with a check. It was unusual for Mark to pay me. I really can't believe that I didn't see her because I would have heard footsteps, and I would have heard her go into the bathroom because I was there, I mean, what, five, 
between five and ten minutes so that I would have been able to hear Christy somehow. Mark says he last saw her around 2 a.m. Hours later on December 11th, 1987, Christy was nowhere to be found. Allegedly having left Mark and their children and taking a suitcase of belongings while leaving her car behind. Christie's lawyer did not believe that she would have fled since they were planning on filing charges against Mark at a later date. Although she was allegedly missing at 9.30 a.m., Mark told her mother on the phone she was sleeping at the time. He claims he did not want to worry her mother. At 11.30 a.m., Mark took their children to Christie's grandmother's house and asked if she could watch them. All he told her was that Christie was missing. He did not ask if she had seen her. He allegedly drove around for several hours looking for her, although no witnesses could confirm this. And that's the last thing I remember until my kids woke me up the next morning. And the first thing I noticed was uh, she wasn't in the bed. Well, I didn't think much about it at the time, but like I say later, he never asked me at all or telephoned me, you know, to take care of the kids. Where they always did before, that was really about strangest thing. He never asked if Christy was at my house or if I'd seen Christy. He just said that Christy was missing, and he acted like he was shook up. I spent approximately two hours just riding around town trying to spot her, maybe coming out of a store, or I drove some uh, residential streets where we knew some people. When we checked out Mark's story about driving around looking for Christy, we could find nobody in, in the city of Gothenburg that had seen him driving around. After driving around looking for her, Mark notified the police. Suspiciously, he moved out of the house the same day, boxing up all of her clothes and selling both of their cars. Three months later, in March 1988, Christie's suitcase was found dumped at a roadside rest area 30 miles away. Mark was somehow able to give an exact list of everything Christie had put in the suitcase. It appeared to have deliberately been placed I there. Was, I was real upset because there was no indication whatsoever that she would just pack up a suitcase and just leave. It had appeared to everybody present that the suitcase had been placed there instead of just thrown out. Uh, the items were neatly laying around. It was like the person that put them there wanted them to be found. If my wife had left me, I wouldn't be able to look through the closet and tell you what she had taken. I probably would be able to tell you maybe what suitcase she had taken. But he was listing items of clothing right down the line. Despite a thorough search of the area and in Gothenburg, no trace of her has ever been found. Mark continues to claim that Christie abandoned him and their children and left voluntarily. Mark is widely believed to be the prime suspect in Christie's disappearance. He was the last person seen with her before she vanished. He was suspected in abusing Christie weeks prior to her disappearance. She had met with a divorce lawyer just days before she vanished. Mark moved out of their home, sold their cars, and boxed up her clothing just days after she disappeared. And when her suitcase was found three months later, he listed in detail everything in the suitcase. It is difficult to, without locating Christy Nichols or her body to determine what, if any, charges would be appropriate. We basically are 
concerned about the way she disappeared, uh, the fact that she has not contacted her children, she hasn't contacted her family, she uh, did not take one of the family vehicles, and basically the continued long absence all point to that perhaps foul play in some form is involved. I'd have never done anything to hurt my wife. I just, that's just the person I am. I'm, a lot of people think I'm a violent person. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not a violent person. Hope, I hope and pray that she was alive, but if she isn't, I'd still want to find a solution to this case. I'd like to have her buried someplace where we'd know she was. I want very much for Christy to come home, but uh, if for some reason she doesn't want to come home, you know, Christy, at, at least call somebody. No, let us know where you are. The police do not believe Christie's vanished voluntarily. They are now investigating the case as a probable homicide. Traces of blood were found in the couple's bedroom and in the trunk of Mark's car. DNA testing has confirmed the blood belonged to Christie. Mark claimed that the blood was menstrual blood, but tests have determined this was not true. It has also since been discovered Christy met with an abuse counselor before she vanished. When Mark found out, he was furious and told her she would not get to see her children again unless she stopped visiting the counselor. She never picked up her last paycheck and told her mother that Mark had been monitoring her phone calls. She also told her mother that she planned to leave Mark the day after she vanished. Her mother and others believe Mark killed her before she had the chance. Despite this evidence, Mark has never been charged in Christie's disappearance, presumably due to the lack of a body. Mark has since moved to Arkansas and has been married multiple times. This case originally aired on Unsolved Mysteries on November 16, 1988, and as of this recording, this case remains open but unsolved. Some of these stories remain unsolved. Perhaps someone out there listening holds the vital answer to solving the mystery. Perhaps it's you.